You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, guys, we are back. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Technical difficulties today. All day long, but it's okay. We're going to roll through it. It's week 15, baby. Zach and I are playing each other once again in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, Zach, you took the L last week. Just kidding. I took the L last the L. week. Yeah. You're going to take the L this week. Like, listen, if you had to get the, get the W at least one of the weeks, you, know, you prefer it to be this week, don't you? So, yeah. you know, I yeah. kind of feel like, uh, you know, the chances are on my side this week. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I, I like my team. Uh, I think my team's got a lot of play with a lot of heart last week. And, you know, second <laughs> matchup in a row, <laughs> it's tough sometimes. It reminds me of the 2020 season. I remember, didn't the Steelers and the Browns play each other in back-to-back weeks once at the end of the regular season and then in the playoffs? And I think it was, did the, did the Browns win both of them or the Steelers win the regular season? I forget how it the went. The last time I remember this happening was the Jets and Bengals. Uh, Jets, uh, when Chad Ochocinco was still uh, part of the team, the Jets won week 17 uh, to make it into the playoffs. Uh, it was a win and in game. I was at that game, and then they played the Bengals the week after in the wild card round, and they beat the Bengals. So I'm hoping that's not a precedent. Uh, well, for, it is. For there this you go. Week. You just laid it out. Um, Good luck. But we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. Uh, I think my team's solid enough. I will be potentially missing Nico Collins here, so uh, that's going to well, be a I problem. Might be missing, I might be missing Tyreek Hill, so that would be a huge break for you. Well, listen, um, well, I'm not well. saying that I hope Tyreek Hill misses this week. But if he misses this week, I won't be mad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's nothing you know wrong with getting healthy. Is that <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you're 100. Nah, I'm I'm like his wife. He needs to get his ass in the game. That's why it has to happen. Hey, that's right. That's right. I thought you were gonna say something else. Um, this is the quarterback and running back episode for week 15. Uh, I just want to say off the bat, there are some good quarterbacks. I have kind of low in my rankings. Zach Patrick Mahomes is outside my top 10 this week. 
He's had one Ooh. top 10 finish in the last six weeks. In those six weeks, he's finished outside the top 15 three times. Now he has to go into New England. Not a good matchup. So if I have guys like Matthew Stafford, who's balling right now in an amazing matchup, if I, if I have Sam Howell, who's literally getting it done every single week yep. on, on the other side of that matchup, Jordan Love, he had a tough Monday night, but he also has a really good matchup this week at home. So I think these three guys in particular, I might be starting them over Patrick Mahomes this week, man. Yeah, it's close for me. I don't want to give up on Patrick Mahomes. This is where I'm at. I, I know what we've seen these past few weeks has been rough, but it's just you got to have that feeling. Like I don't know if you have this feeling, but you got to have that feeling that they're going to turn it around. <laughs> I'm hoping that's the case. You know, Rashi Rice has looked good. I think they need to lean even more into him. Maybe they're not giving him enough targets. Kadarius Tony, like anybody not named Rashi Rice in the passing attack and Travis Kelsey, I guess you should say, uh, they haven't been helping Patrick Mahomes, and we're finally starting to see that. And Patrick Mahomes, he made it pretty clear that. You know, they're not doing him any favors either. We saw him explode on the sideline for the first time. And for me, a lot of people had a lot of issues with that. I was okay with it because he's put up with a lot of crap and, and he's a very good quarterback. But um, he was more upset about the call, I understand. But still, yeah, I think part I, of that was go ahead. Like, worried. do you want to address I, like, that quick? <laughs> I don't blame him at all at all, honestly. Like, listen, man, there's so many emotions going through this game. He's frustrated. This has been a frustrating year for him. Obviously, he's used to success. Uh, and he's used to success because he works so damn hard to get to that success and do the damn thing as like the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Right. So right. I, I get it. Listen, man, like he's been in the league for a little while now, and he we haven't seen any sort of temper tantrums like this before. You know, give him a mulligan. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's good. It. Yeah, it's like, you know, this is gonna happen. Like it wasn't his finest moment. There's no doubt about that, but it's just like, I'm not going to blame him for it. I looked at that. I'm just like, yeah, I get it, man. Frustrated. Mm -hmm. Totally understand. Now, do I, did I agree with like what he was saying? No, no. but like, you know, looking back on it, I, I don't think he would agree on it either. If he looked back on it after some time. Right. So yeah. it is what it is. You know, it's not a huge deal. Now, some might be wondering about Brock Purdy. I hit, I have him at top uh, at, in my top four this week behind the big three. Uh, let me ask you this, though. Lamar, you know, he had a really good game last week, right? And he has a yep. good matchup against Jacksonville this week. Do you feel more comfortable starting him, like, over the guys that I just mentioned? Like, you know, Stafford, Howell, Love, those guys? Yeah, uh, I do. I, I have him. I believe he is number four on my rankings. So he, I have him over Purdy in my rankings. And the reason I have that is because I, I think Lamar's ceiling is higher. We saw it last week. You know, he's finally getting the ball to the guys that should be getting the ball. Zay Flowers got his target share up these past couple weeks, like you mentioned on that uh, show last week. And then also Odo Beckham Jr. finally got some utilization, and he looked pretty good. And he was throwing the ball downfield. That was in the rain. I, I think we've seen Purdy. We know he's good. But this is the fantasy playoffs. And if there's a chance you could be making this start-sit decision. You know, you could have Lamar and Purdy on your, on your team. Where they were being drafted earlier in the year, you could have this choice to make. If I had to make the decision, I'd go with Lamar because I know that the ceiling is higher. Purdy does not have a 30-point ceiling. Lamar does. So I'm shooting the upside here. They're both very good starts on their own. I think Purdy's in a really good spot to have another really solid game. That's why he's a top-five quarterback for me, even over Patrick Mahomes. But Lamar has that upside. We saw it rushing and the, the passing game. The way that the Ravens offense is playing, it's looking a lot better these past couple of weeks than it had a couple of weeks before that, when we were talking about Lamar, oh, he's been he's had some quiet games. And I think right in the middle of the season where I called him a buy, you know, I said that, you know, this low production that he's had these past few weeks isn't him. It's going to come back up and it's come back up a little bit, you know, towards the end of the season. So I'm looking at Lamar as somebody that I want to have in my lineup 100 percent 
over Purdy in, in this case, but they're both very close. They're both solid starts anyway. Yeah, yeah, I have Purdy pretty high. I have Purdy at four. Um, I do have Matthew Stafford at five. I have Sam Howell at six against the Rams, and I have Lamar Jackson at seven this week. I just trust those guys a little bit more uh, to not kill my week. There are some <laughs> questions around Justin Fields this week. Uh, I don't have him as high as last week, but I still think he can be a solid starter for you. Uh, might not have the huge ceiling this week. You know, the matchup isn't as terrible as you might think. You know, against the Browns, like over the last eight weeks, only two quarterbacks didn't put up at least 15 fantasy points against them. That was Clayton Tuin and Kenny Pickett. Uh, Stafford yeah. and Lawrence each threw three touchdowns against them over the last three weeks. I'm sorry, two weeks. Uh, Lamar has had two rushing touchdowns against them. Russ had a rushing score against them. Gardner Minshew had two rushing scores against them. Okay, so I, yeah. I think I'm fine having Justin Fields in my lineup this week. I'm tempering expectations a little bit. This is a tough defense, uh, but they've also suffered some injuries. Right. So they're not completely 100% like in terms of health. So right. uh, I, I'm not overthinking it with Justin Fields this week. If this was the Cleveland Browns defense of a few weeks ago, maybe. But as of right now, um, I'm not like terrified of this matchup, if that makes sense. No, I'm not either. And you just look at the way that Justin Fields and DJ Moore have been connecting these past few weeks. And I think that's also something that I lean into when I look at how, how I'm going to rank them because DJ Moore is making a huge difference for Justin Fields. He's looked very good in you know, these past few weeks. I'm not worried about Justin Fields. I know that the floor is going to be there with the rushing. It's almost the same case as Lamar Jackson. It's just the matchup isn't as good. But we've seen him be able to produce these past few weeks. And like you mentioned, the Browns, They've been good on defense, yes, but when you zone in and you just look at the quarterback production, you see that the quarterbacks can't get it done. I, I have him as my QB9 this week. I, I have him over other guys like Kyler Murray. One, that was one of the questions. You know, I was responding to some comments on Instagram. A lot of people had that same question. They're like, Fields or Kyler Murray? If you ask me, I, I go Justin Fields with the, go with Justin Fields this week because I think that do his upside have, is higher. Do you have Justin Fields at 9 and Kyler Murray at 10? I have Kyler Murray at 11. I have Geno Smith okay. at 10. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So actually, I, know, I haven't, I haven't ranked Geno Smith because um, there's a possibility that he misses this week. But right, um, I haven't I there, presumably. Right. Exactly. So I, I, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. So I have Justin Fields right over Kyler Murray, and Geno might, might actually fit in in between those two guys as well, because um, I think Geno just have felt more right upside. There. Yeah, because I think Geno has more upside in this matchup against Philly than mm -hmm. um, Kyler Murray does. Uh, against yeah. San Francisco. See, my thing with Gino is I want to believe what we saw against the Cowboys is what we're going to see again against the Eagles, but there's more mediocre production from Geno Smith, a lot more of a sample size in that than there is in what we saw against Dallas, where he had the three touchdowns, four total touchdowns, I should say. You know, he looked really good, but I'm not going to hang my hat on that and just rely on that, you know, going into the playoffs. The matchup's great. You know, it's been pretty much the, the Eagles defense has been a cheat code for fantasy points pretty much, you know, this whole season. But I don't want to just leave it on Geno's shoulders here. That's why I have him lower than guys like Matthew Stafford, Sam Howell, like you mentioned. They are Matthew Stafford and Sam Howell, I think, are seven or eight, seven and eight in my rankings. I think that's one lower each in my rankings than yours because I left Patrick Mahomes at six. I just think they're going to turn things around. I, I can't see Patrick Mahomes going another straight week, not finishing inside the top seven or eight. I'm uh, just buying into the name value there a little bit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, let's move Pick to up. some other streamers. I feel like Patrick Mahomes is like the litmus test that we're trying to compare everyone to. Uh, but Russell Wilson, you know, gets Detroit this week. Uh, quarterbacks are getting it done through the air against Detroit. Um, that's the game plan for most of these teams, as it should be. Uh, Detroit has been good against the run, so attacking them through the air will likely be the game plan for Sean Payton. Uh, I like Russell Wilson this week. Now, for me, it seems like for you the question, it's clear. Like You're starting Patrick Mahomes over Russell Wilson, and I think I am too because I think the floor is similar. Um, yep. You know, I, I bet you like watch. Like I'm talking so much about Mahomes. Like he's just going to go off this week. Um, I, I really <laughs> should be talking this down on Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes. <laughs> um, you know, and you know he wasn't high in my rankings the past couple of weeks, but still, like uh, you know, I kind of feel like the matchup isn't there this week. Um, but I, I like Russ. Like I think Russ this week he actually has uh, some upside, right? So like that's why I'm considering him over Mahomes against Detroit. Yeah, I, I'm. I've looked at Russ. You know, I, I've seen him. He has. He scored a lot of touchdowns. It's kind of reminding me of like the production of Cortland Sutton, where he's scoring touchdowns. <laughs> Russell Wilson is also scoring touchdowns. Cortland Sutton is looking good scoring those touchdowns. They're like really flashy touchdowns. But then you pull up the game log and it's like they had four catches for 50 some yards and a touchdown. It's Cortland Sutton. You know, you look at <laughs> Russell Wilson, he has two touchdown passes, maybe a rushing touchdown, but only like 160, 170, 200 yards. You know, like there's not a whole lot of upside to speak of from what I've seen. I think what Russell Wilson has. I do think you look at the matchup, it's like, yeah, Russell Wilson has some upside here. But we've seen that in some good matchups before the rest of the season. And he continue. It, it's not that it's a bad thing that he's not hitting that ceiling. He's giving you a perfect floor. But I'm looking at Russell Wilson as the floor play, the really solid floor play. He's gonna he's not gonna be underneath probably top 15 for the rest of the season because he's playing well, but he's just playing efficient. He's not playing to the point where he has a ceiling to chase, where a guy like Patrick Mahomes has that. That's where I'm coming and, at. And, and I actually have I have a theory. On that, All right, and the theory? theory is that he he just hasn't had great matchups through the air. Um, so the Chargers last week was solid, you know, two twenty four and two touchdowns. Yeah, okay, sure, mm-hmm. right. But you know, I'm looking at the matchups before that where they have literally have attacked them, attacked teams on the ground. Week twelve against Cleveland, Minnesota tough defense, Buffalo. In Buffalo, before that, Dubai. The week, the week before that, Kansas City, Green Bay, Kansas City, the Jets. Uh, and then he threw four, t- three touchdowns against Chicago in week four. So I'm looking at this. I'm just like, these are just a bunch of teams that you attack through the ground. Um, so there is a possibility that Russell Wilson ends up having to throw the ball more than he usually does uh, in a more competitive game against Detroit. Because like, if I'm, if I'm Sean Payton. I'm not running the ball, you know, through the teeth of Detroit's defense, right? Right. Um, I'm attacking I'm through with the you now. But here's the thing: it's Patrick Mahomes, right? So you might have to just stick with that guy. Um, 
that's the thing. It, this, the I same have, way, like I'm sorry, the same way I'm giving him a mulligan for you know crying on the sideline at the end of the game. It's the same way. It's like he's done so much for us in fantasy football. It's like he's earned it, even though it's been three or four games now where it's just not that production we're used to seeing from him. It's like I'm clinging to it. <laughs> I find I myself doing it. it. I hear you, man. I just can't do it, man. It's playoffs, man. It's the, it's crunch time. It's like, look at, I mean, he just hasn't got it done, man. He really yeah. hasn't. He had a couple ceiling games. That. He had that one big ceiling game against the Chargers, but like, dude, it's just, it's, it's just been rough, man. And then he's Weird. not going to have a supporting run game this week. It's just like, oh, I, I just, I, I just don't have a good feeling. I got to, for me, it's like this week is like, I have to take what I can get here. I got to take the points. Right, if that makes sense, uh, take the points. Right. Give me the points, you know. And, and so you're like know, kicking a I field think. goal in the playoffs. Give me the points. <laughs> Give me the points. Uh, I have Jared Goff outside my top twelve. Uh, I think he's definitely startable for sure. You know, Denver isn't the best matchup, but it's not a death sentence. Uh, but I feel like the right. same thing about Trevor Lawrence this week against Baltimore. Like both these guys should, you know, are they're both at home. I think that should help. I think they both have solid enough floors to start this week. Do you like any of these guys particularly better than the other? I'm looking at Trevor Lawrence and you know, you want to be like, Oh, it's a tough matchup. You know, it might not be worth starting him, but you look at it. He had a tough matchup last week and he's going through the same gauntlet over the past two weeks that Matthew Stafford has gone through and he's going through it at less than a hundred percent. You know, you picked a really bad time, you know, to get hurt and go down because he plays the Browns and then the Ravens in two games with a bad ankle. Like you really don't want to have that happen. You know, he was errant on a few passes last week. He threw three picks, but he still came through for you. You know, if you had him in your lineup, I didn't have him in my lineup. I left him on my bench because I didn't think he was going to play, but then he ended up playing. I don't know why I didn't move him in. It's because I had faith in Tommy Cutlets. But anyway, that's besides the point. He still came through. He had a season high in pass attempts with 50 last week. And if it's going to be the same type of game script, the same type of game plan, you know, it's like the same thing could happen against a more dynamic offense in Baltimore, especially if they go up. You know, the Jaguars are going to be chasing some points maybe. You have to have him ranked as at least a QB two and a really solid streamer if he's going to be throwing the ball as much as he did last week. He still had those twenty God, points. So, is that's it really uh, is it really a surprise that Zach Rizzuto chose to play Tommy Cutlets in his lineup? Is it a surprise? I, it, it was just yeah. There, there there's a loyalty there, one hundred percent. I don't look anything. Tommy, I don't look. Tommy DeVito is going to be in my lineup. Okay, it is what it is. Okay. Dude, his agent. Yeah. Bro, it just his agent with. Yeah, I saw his agent. <laughs> That had to have Dude. been some like setup. He had to have known he was going to be on camera. Like, bro, there's no that way was they. So did, funny. There's no way that's like was... his standard attire. <laughs> like, it can't be. <laughs> Dude, like, I love. I'm that, going bro. to a football that. game. I'm going to an NFL football game. This is what I'm going to wear. Like, all I know I, I is whatever whatever cut his agent is making. There is no doubt that that cut is going to be in like some in home like uh, poker poker setup or like some some back alley you know setup that's going on that's yeah. some some illegal stuff is going on over there there's right. no doubt about that all right <laughs> um i i don't love Tua this week against the jets you know even though they're at home uh hobble tyreek hill you know just a tough matchup overall um i like i like the running backs this week for sure they're both in my top 10 but i don't love Tua. he's at 17 no. for me this week Look at Tua the last time that the Dolphins played the Jets on Black Friday. He had a really quiet game. He had one touchdown. Granted, it went to Tyreek Hill. We don't know if Tyreek Hill is going to be available. I know it's like, oh, he might be hobbled. There's pro- he pr- he'll probably play, but like we talked about earlier, you know, hopefully for Faraz's sake, he doesn't play. Hopefully for my sake, he does. It's still up in the air. 
So I don't want to trust Tua at this point because it's already a tough matchup to begin with. And we saw what the Dolphins offense looked like without Tyreek Hill in the lineup last week against the Titans of all teams, which is a good matchup, you know, for any fantasy quarterback and wide receivers. So I'm definitely tempering expectations here. If he's going to be without Tua, you know, they only held uh, what's it called the Jets held Tua to nine points with um, without Tyreek Hill. You know, the Titans did. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up in my notes. The Titans held Tua to nine points without Tyreek Hill. So you go against the Jets now, who's a much better defense, who did the same thing to Tua a couple weeks ago. You know, I, I don't like Tua as anything more than a solid QB2 this week. And I think there are better mat, um, matchups to target here. Like Matthew Stafford, 100% going him over Tua. And yeah. I know it might feel weird, but that's the way I'm looking at that. Um, it, it gets hairy when you talk about like Tua and CJ Stroud, because we don't know if CJ Stroud's playing, but that was one that I was looking at. They're pretty close to each other in terms of the rankings based on the fact that CJ Stroud might not play. He might also be down his top playmaker. I don't know how much I don't know how much I want to trust CJ Stroud with Noah Brown as a wide receiver one and nobody else in that offense. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. Um, and if you really need to stream, you know, the same guys, Gardner Minshew, right? Like, yep. I'm not sleeping on Nick Mullins, man, but I don't have the balls to put him in my lineup this week. Um, he although is the yeah, he's somebody that I'm interested in, though, right? Because yeah, he's a shot in the dark play. Yeah, because like the thing with him is that they're benching Dobbs for him, right? This is a very good system. He has the weapons. He's done it before in a good system, right? So like I'm I'm looking at him like somebody that hmm, interesting. I picked him up in our league, two quarterback league, because I'm just I'm interested. I'm not going to start him this week. I'm I'm probably starting Minshew over him in my two quarterback league, but. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, moving on to running backs. Actually, before I go to running backs, I just want to hit on a couple of pieces of news real quick. Okay. Um, DJ Moore didn't practice today with an ankle injury. Keep monitor that. It's still Wednesday, so things can change. Dalton Schultz trending towards playing. Uh, is that's you know interesting to note because if CJ Stroud, by the way, CJ Stroud and Nico Collins both didn't practice today on Wednesday, but um, you know if CJ Stroud ends up going then Dalton Schultz should definitely be in lineups because he, he's basically, basically going to be like one of his primary targets, you know, besides, uh, you know, it's basically him and Noah Brown. Darren Waller is hopeful to be activated this week. Just keep in mind, guys, that he has one of the best schedules for tight ends remaining for the season, so it is worth picking him up if he's available on your waiver wire. If your tight end gets hurt, you have Darren Waller on your bench, you're sitting pretty, okay? Regardless of who the quarterback is, whether it's Tommy DeVito or whether it's, um, uh, what's his name, Tyrod Taylor, Tara Taylor, you saw the rapport that he had with Darren Waller, right? So I think it's worth yep. picking him up, keeping him on your bench, okay? Uh, Brian Robinson didn't practice on Wednesday with a hamstring injury. Remember, he he suffered that hamstring before the bye. Ron Rivera said that he plans on practicing this week, but we didn't see that yet. I thought that may, he might get a limited practice in on Wednesday. So Antonio Gibson should be rostered. Keep him, uh, you know, with a fingers click away just in case you got to throw him in your lineup because he will be a very solid PPR RB2 this week uh, if uh, Brian Robinson cannot go. Okay, Keep that in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you play certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with Better Vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place. And not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds. 
uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side-by-side comparison all on one screen within one app, and then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision, and you're good to go. Okay, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O, so B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the App Store today. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to figure out if anything. Oh, Damari Douglas is back in practice. He had that concussion, right? There's a good chance that he ends up playing this week. He'll be like a low end PPR wide receiver three. Uh, Justin Jefferson should play this week. He told reporters that he's expecting to play. That's a great sign. Thank God. Hopefully he can finish the game this week. Um, Isaiah Pacheco still not practicing with that shoulder injury. Um, I have McKinnon like one spot above CEH. Like they're both you know, low-end plays because they're both basically sharing work 50-50. So neither mm-hmm. one is an amazing play this week. Um, you know, if Isaiah Pacheco was healthy, you would like this running back situation, but he's not right now. Hopefully he'll be able to play this week, but if, that If you had to, to pick seen. one of them, who would you pick? I know last week it was I'll McKinnon. Probably, we talked about them right in the round. I would probably pick McKinnon. Like, I, I, I'm, I'll, I would pick McKinnon this week, but I'm way less bullish on that decision than I was going into last week. Right. Yeah. Um. And the reason why, even though Ceh ended up being the primary ball carrier, he did run only a couple less routes than McKinnon last week. Eileen McKinnon, because I, I just think they trust him more in the red zone, right around the yeah, goal line. I hear that. That sort of thing. And whether even if it's in the run game or the receiving game, like I think that McKinnon has a better chance of scoring. Um. Yeah. That's that's pretty much my reasoning. That's it between these I've two. also seen I'll also throw this out there we've seen McKinnon go off script a bunch of times that's what you know you talk about off script plays working with Mahomes like we've seen that we saw that a lot down the stretch last year he had a bunch of receiving touchdowns you know downfield <laughs> because he was just going right. off script and getting open and with the receiver situation the way situation the way that it is I wouldn't be surprised if they just lean into Jared McKinnon because he's still the yeah. better pass catching back even though CEH is running just as many routes just about as many routes for sure Top three running backs for me this week, Christian McCaffrey, Kyron Williams, Rashad White. These are the three running backs like you can trust week in and week out right now. Like, is there anybody else that you just like you throw in your lineup? Like you trust them, right? Maybe um, Alvin Kamara, yeah. right? Like he's probably there. Yeah, I, as like I was going to say, I'm surprised because you had him pretty high in your rankings these past few weeks. I was like, you're just going to leave him out of this conversation. I, was like, I think he's at yeah, least worth uh, mentioning. Derek Carr's you know blind. Saying? Derek Carr's yeah, blind. Oh, yeah, I know. Right? We, we put the post out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He, he, he's hurting um, the offense, but. So Kamara's right there. Kamara's right there with them, right? For sure. Um, Definitely. But but yeah, things are changing weekly. There's a ton of variance at the running back position this year, man. Uh, But I would say like, yeah, those those four guys like, you know, kind of confident that they'll be just fine every single week. Um, You know, maybe a couple of these other guys coming into that conversation like Bijan, you know, this week, I like him a lot against Carolina. They're allowing 4.5 yards per carry to running backs, the seventh most rushing attempts to running backs. Uh, his workload is starting to normalize a bit. 23 touches, 19 touches, 21 touches, 15 touches last week. And I can see his touches nearing 20 this week. He's top five for me this yeah, week. Yeah, I have him at four. And I'm loving it, what we've, we're seeing, too. And it's not just a normalization of the workload. It's just the way that he's getting the work. You know, we talked about it on the show a few weeks ago that if Bijan could get a hold of that volume in the receiving game like he had earlier in the season, you know, he could reascend to that RB1 status. And he's done that. You know, from week six to nine, that level in production when we all started to panic about him, you know, he was only running around on 58% of snaps, had a 9% target share, 14% targets per route run, not anywhere close to cutting it. But since week 10, 
He's up now to 73% route participation, 21% target share. It's almost tripling what he was getting during that lull in week six to nine. And then a 22% targets per route run. So then you look at the matchup, like you mentioned, against the Panthers. Carolina is allowing the most touchdowns running backs by far. Fourth most rush yards per game. He set up to have a really nice day and kick off the fantasy playoffs in a really strong way, as long as the volume that he's getting continues. So that's the way I look at B. John Robinson. I love that he has that receiving role that he had earlier in the season. You know, it's now back, and it looks like it's going to continue. I have both Dolphins running backs in my top 10 against the Jets. I don't see how you can't have them there. Like the Jets are allowing the second most running back carries against them. So both these guys can eat and the ceilings are there, you know, and the ceilings are just too high for both of these guys, right? Like you don't know which one is going to go off, but one of them most likely will, at least. It was A-Chan in week 13. It was most in week 14. They both had different roles each of those games, so we'll need another game with them together to really understand how they like to play these two alongside each other. Um, but what is your take? Like, if you had to choose one to play, who would it be? If I had to choose one, I still think I'm going to lean Raheem Mostert. And I, and I, I know, and that's not to slight HN. You know, they're both very close to each other in my rankings as well. You know, I have them as lower end RB ones, but I still think that they're definitely going to be, you know, getting their work, doing what they need to do. But the reason I go with Mostert is just because he seems to be getting, you know, first crack at everything. Even though it might switch over to HN at some point, you know, he seems to be getting the first crack when the Dolphins are trying to build a lead. He's the one scoring touchdowns. HN's one coming in kind of doing the relief pitching. You know what I'm saying? He's coming in. He's doing the secondary work. And he can get touchdowns that way, too. Because, you know, at that point, you're probably not playing as tough. He's going to be Devon HN cutting through. But the way that I look at Raheem Oster, I like his usage just a little bit more. I trust Devon HN. He can do what he needs to do on eight or ten touches in a game. That's fine. You know, especially if he's going to be getting the receiving work. If half of that's receiving work, he's going to be perfectly fine. But I think Raheem Mostert has some more sustainable production. And, and Devon A. Chain's been getting it done. Don't get me wrong. But I'm talking about if you want to combine weekly ceiling and weekly floor, Raheem Mostert gives me more confidence um, regardless of the matchup. Yeah, and that's this week. I feel like every week is going to be different, right? Like this oh, week, definitely. yes, I agree with you. I'm playing Raheem Mostert if I had to choose between one of them. But like I can see a situation where we're going into week 15 where we'd rather start HN. Like I can see a situation where HN yeah. moves into that 1A role, right, pretty easily. Um, You know, we saw him. Interesting... In, Go ahead, sorry. You know, you, you never know. Like so this past week, it was Mostert getting most of the carries and then HN getting most of the work in the receiving game. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see how this ends up because before HN got hurt a couple weeks ago when he re-injured uh, that, what was it, that knee, right? Um, yep. it, it was it was like one of those things where, all right, well, HN was the guy, right? And also, mm -hmm. like, it seems like he was going to end up getting a ton of snaps. He ended up being on the field a ton alongside Raheem Mostert. How would that game have ended? Who knows? Um, but the, their yeah. usage has been very different each of these last two games. Um, so I, I, it's hard for me to figure out what the trend is going to be. Let's see another game with these two guys and see how, see how things end up, you know, going into week 15. But again, both these guys, their ceilings are extremely high right now. Yeah. Um, who do you like between Austin Eckler and Jameer Gibbs this week? I, I have Jameer Gibbs higher. And I, I don't think it's particularly close. I, I look at Jameer Gibbs. He's in a good situation right now he, uh, to have a bounce back. You know, he hasn't had the receiving work. And this is something that I was looking at in my notes when I was doing my research. I was comparing Bijan and Jameer Gibbs because I actually have them back and back, back to back in my rankings. I have Jameer Gibbs up at five. 
That might be crazy. You might call me crazy, but I think he's in a nice spot to bounce back. He's only caught four passes these past three weeks, but he's got a chance to turn that around against the Broncos. They're allowing the six most receptions, six most receptions to running backs this season. And it's a good matchup overall. I think that the Lions need to bounce back. They need to get Jameer Gibbs more involved. That's going to be part of it. And I think that if they do that, we're looking at a really strong week from Jameer Gibbs. He's had those upside weeks. You know, coming off the bye, he had four games or right around that by when Dave Montgomery was hurt. Even once he came back, he carried some of that momentum into those matchups where he had 20-plus points four weeks in a row. I think they need to look at getting back to that. Jameer Gibbs has shown he's still the same guy. We just need him to get that receiving work again. I think this is one of those matchups where they could take advantage of it. I have him much higher than Austin Eckler, 100%. No word on whether Josh Jacobs will play on Thursday night. If he doesn't go, I'm fine playing Zemir White. I have him right outside my top 24 running backs for the week. We're talking about Zemir White here, not Josh Jacobs. You know, with Justin Herbert out for the season now, I don't think the Chargers will just go up on the Raiders. And even with Herbert, you know, they were not playing well anyway on offense. I don't know if it would have been a whole lot different in terms of game script. Um, right. So I think White can potentially earn 15 plus carries and be okay against a Chargers defense, giving up the six most fantasy points to running backs this year. Now, can Amir Abdullah, you know, uh, outscores Amir White for sure? Definitely. Um, but he'll likely get his receptions. And, but the way this offense is built, you know, on the Raiders, like I think they're just going to want to run the ball if they can, if that game script is there for them. Uh, if Josh Jacobs plays, like he should definitely be in your lineup. But just, just what, just in case he doesn't go, I think Zamir White would be the play over Abdullah because I think they just want to run the ball and control the, you know, the game script. Not necessarily have these, you know, have have this end up playing out so that these quarterbacks have to, you know, do a whole lot, right? Uh, just a quick note on Tony Pollard. You know, I'm trying to figure out what's up with him coming off the field for Rico Dottle, right? Intentionally having Dottle in there for goal line snaps last week, you know. But, you know, Pollard still ended up getting half of the attempts inside the five-yard line last week. But, uh, you know, that really doesn't help anyone. So I'm hoping that Pollard can continue and, um, you know, get all the goal line snaps when they're available because fantasy points haven't come super easy for Pollard this year. Um, He's my RB14 on the week. Uh, also, I want to reiterate that Zach Moss is a borderline RB1 this week, despite him not getting it done the last two weeks. His matchup against Pittsburgh is solid at home. Uh, 94% of snaps, 84% of snaps, and then 22 opportunities, 21 opportunities. The fantasy points should come, and if they don't come this week, we're looking at a real outlier here. I want to talk about James Cook and what he's been doing lately. Since Ken Dorsey was fired, Cook has actually been on the field less. 45% of snaps in every single game since Joe Brady took over. Uh, the route participation has took a huge dip since he took over. This dude is only running a route on 37% of Josh Allen's dropbacks over these last three games. That's objectively terrible when we depend on the targets. But here's why it's been working. Right, he's been he's being targeted on 31% of his routes. He's leading all qualifying running backs in that span in yards per route run as well. He's second in yards per reception and he's being targeted downfield. Only Christian McCaffrey and Devon Achan have a higher average depth of target. He's averaging 20 opportunities per game over these last 3 games. He's obviously been extremely efficient. So you got to upgrade him at this point. All right. Uh, the Cowboys don't give up a ton of production through the air to running backs, but it's hard to keep Cook out of my lineup at this point, uh, especially with teams making a concerted effort to take Stefan Diggs out of these games. Just want to hit on a couple of these other running backs. Zeke Elliott obviously had a huge game last week. He played, you know, he was their bell cow, right? Um, and the, the Chiefs, they're not 
super amazing, okay, against running backs, especially in the run game, okay? They're bottom three in terms of giving up yards per carry to running backs this year. So I think Zeke can get it done on the ground. Um, you know, the the Chiefs aren't an offensive juggernaut either. So the, uh, the, the those those uh, rushing attempts can rack up, but he's he was used heavily in the receiving game last year. That's where he scored his touchdown, but he got the targets, he got the receptions. So he has a pretty safe floor. We talked about a 10-point floor last year. He scored a lot more than that last last week, uh, but I think Zeke Elliott can get it done um, this week. Okay, so I have him at RB20, solid RB2. Keep an eye on Ty Chandler. Obviously, Alexander Madison, uh, you know, might not play this week with that potential high ankle sprain. We still haven't got confirmation on that. But Ty Chandler is somebody that could play a three-down role and every down role for the Vikings. The matchup against Cincinnati is pretty good. So I have him as my RB24 on the week, low-end RB2, but he could rack up some volume. He's shown some more explosiveness uh, than we've seen out of uh, out of Alexander Madison this year. So there is a chance that Ty Chandler could get it done. A couple of running backs outside my top 24, you know, Jerome Ford. Uh, I have met 29. Kenneth Walker, I have met 30, man. That's that's really low. But, the, you know, this backfield was split 50-50 last week. Even in the first half, Zach Charbonnet, you know, out. You know, he had more carries than Kenneth Walker. That's not what you want to see. And then they have a tough matchup against Philly this week. It's just like it's really hard for me to trust, trust Kenneth Walker right now until he takes over that backfield again, especially on early downs. We at least want him to get most of the carries. Where is that, you know, 18, 20 carry upside? We haven't seen that in a long time. So until we see that, I just don't think I can trust Kenneth Walker right now. That big playability is there, no doubt. He has the upside. He can finish as the overall RB1 any given week. But right now, it's just really hard to trust, especially in this matchup. Okay. Uh, Jerome Ford, I have met 29 this week against Chicago. Chicago's been playing a lot better lately on defense. Uh, he also has the wrist injury. He could be limited because of that as well. So I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, in that scenario, like he, he, the touches are there, the production's there. He, he's had at least 10 PPR points in a bunch of games in a row at this point. So the floor could be there. The injury concerns me. The, the matchup concerns me a little bit. Uh, so I, I might not, uh, you know, try very hard to get Jerome Ford in my lineup this week. Guys, we're having some technical difficulties on this episode, so I, I apologize. A, a lot of in and out. Uh, on this episode, that's why Zach's not here anymore. Uh, but it's really my fault because I'm, I'm having a lot of work done where I'm at right now. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode. If you want to catch the rankings, they're at UpperHandFantasy.com. You can check them out there. Uh, and you can also hit me up over on Instagram. Hope you guys are in the playoffs. Let's get this done together. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, me and Zach will be back tomorrow for our uh, wide receiver and tight end ranking show. See you then. Take it easy. Bye-bye.